Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Hey, Rod, I haven't seen you, at least on the internet, because I've been disconnected from some of the internet. Uh, so, <laughs> lo, you know, the 49ers beat Seattle, 49ers, the NFC West champs. But I want to mention, because our Facebook group is very important to this podcast and just very important to the uh, the community here of what we do with when we talk 49ers. My Facebook account has been disabled, and so I can't connect to Facebook. The We Want Winners group, um, I'm sure it looks a little different because of all the my stuff that's been deleted. Um, there, uh, so if you haven't seen me in the group, that's why. Uh, I'm hoping to get back. From what I understand, they flagged me for copyright infringement, but they haven't or they won't tell me what exactly I did. So it's just kind of this like black box of, of mystery. Um, but hopefully I'll get back soon because I missed the group, obviously. But uh, I think we're going to not focus on Facebook as much as far as streaming this show. I think we're going to focus on YouTube. I don't want to mess with Facebook if I have no idea why I could get possibly disconnected. But the group is great, and and I I, I would love to keep the group going. But just when it comes to this podcast, I'm probably going to go away from Facebook uh, streaming and such, which means, hey, if you want to watch us, uh, just make sure that you follow the BSPN channel or subscribe to the BSPN channel on Facebook. Also, we're in audio podcast as well. Just uh, search for BSPN or Bay Area Sports uh, Podcasting Network, and you should find us there. Okay, that's out of the way. I just wanted to give everyone a heads up about why I may have uh, been gone. I didn't quit. I didn't drop the account. I didn't decide that Facebook wasn't for me. This was a forced absence, and I'm working on figuring out how to get my account back. So, all right, 49ers on a Thursday night. After a pretty physical game uh, on Sunday, in w- one in which uh, one of their star players was was hurt, first start for their going into camp fourth string quarterback, who is now QB one Brock Purdy, and this is second start, and it was for the division title. Like what? Like he just walks into this whole thing, and he is just like thrown into the fire. And he did another really solid 
confident job today. Absolutely. He was great. We may have lost Rod's audio here. There we go. I can see you again. Can you hear me? I'm frozen. Yeah, maybe just give it a quick refresh. And see if uh, see if you bounce back. All right. So I'll I'll continue this intro here while we get Rod's camera situated. Uh, so. This game, Thursday night, Amazon audience, right? It's Al Michaels. It's Kirk Herbstreet. It is um, only five days after their last victory. And like I said, they they, they just throw the, the rookie into the fire. Every game, you know, it seems to be... It, his most important game. And he uh, last week with the first start this week with the second start this week for the NFC West against the vaunted rivals, uh, the Seahawks. And, you know, the Niners kind of dominated this game. And I looked at the numbers. Seattle scores more points than the 49ers do per game. Now, I think they've had a couple of really big games, but hey, those count too, right? Those are those points count. And Seattle is not a, you know, is not a bad team. I you know, when we faced them earlier in the season, I think it it sort of thought we sort of thought, "Oh, you know, we we beat them pretty good. They're not going to be any good." And then they played really well, so much so that they were leading this division for a lot of uh, the first half of the season. Niners are clearly better. They they clearly have the the better defense. Um, Seattle with Geno Smith offensively, they could they can score points, but they you know the running game is a little inconsistent. I know Walker was back today, but he uh, he, he had been hurt uh, last week, and they lost uh, Rashad Penny, who was their lead back. They still have really really good wide receivers, and they have a quarterback who can get those receivers the ball. But the 49ers pass rush just dominated uh, Gino today. He was uh, he was on the run, uh, not not really on the run, but I would say he was pressured uh, and having to step up and having to move around and having to make decisions a little more quickly than they would have wanted to make those decisions. And so for uh, for for Gino, it was, it was a little bit of a tough night, but he hung in there like he's he's a good player. He is the most improved player of the year, probably uh, he is somebody who not to say that I, I ever feared him in this game, but in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, this guy can make a big play. He scrambled for 18 yards on one, which, uh, which extended uh, uh, gave, gave them a first down. And they threw the, the late touchdown when the Niners were kind of in that soft zone. But you know, that this defense makes, good offenses except for the Kansas City Chiefs uh makes good offenses rush before they are ready to to do things it makes them play in a hurry when the play if they weren't in a hurry could be there and that's really what what the Fort Anders did today you saw Bosa uh you saw Armstead Abelcom uh even uh coming off the edge they had some some really good blitzes with a 
Hufanga like drilled Geno Smith with the four fumble early on in this game. So while we wait for Rod to get back here, I want to have a few points that I wanted to make. And, you know, we always kind of do the thing with the, with the three points to start uh, to, to just kind of keep us in line with what we want to talk about. So second start for, for Purdy. And, you know, I think we remember this because we're following this team closely. I don't know if, uh, the national NFL audience knows this who just realized that there's a quarterback named Brock Purdy in uh, in the NFL, but he came into camp as QB4. He was not QB3 coming into camp. He had to make the team as QB3. You remember Nate Sudfeld. He was in line to be uh, Trey's backup before they brought Jimmy G back. And so Purdy would have been three there. But once Jimmy G came in, all of a sudden Purdy was four. And when the 49ers had to make that last cut before opening season, it was Purdy over Sudfeld. So Purdy leaped over Sudfeld to get the role of QB1. So that's kind of where he was at the beginning of the season. And they supposedly, Shanahan just liked his ability to take a few smart risks whereas Sudfeld was kind of like you know I'm just gonna throw to what the defense gives us and and Purdy was able to make a few more plays uh, with his arm and you saw it today with his feet as well so second start of his young career and without the 49ers number one receiver Debo Samuel so down a weapon and Rod and I were talking about like, who's going to step up. There is, you know, sometimes when you have too many weapons, uh, you, you're kind of worried about sharing the ball and some guys could get a little lost. Like there are some games where Kittle, you know, was much more of a blocker than anything else. And he had, uh, he, he, he didn't have that many catches and, and it didn't even seem like balls were coming his way. Sometimes Ayuk. Uh, would start early and then they would go away from him because of the game plan. Uh, but he and Jimmy G had a re- really great rhythm going on there this year. Uh, and so the, what they did today in creating opportunities for, for George Kittle, you saw the, the pump and the, uh, the, the, the two screens that were set up that Brock was never throwing to, but it was just there to sort of freeze the defense or to get the defense to think that they were going somewhere where they weren't. And then he threw to uh, George Kittle over the middle uh, for a touchdown. That was a fantastic play. It was like kind of like a street ball play. It's like one of the things where you get uh, on your knee and you're like, okay, I'm going to fake here, fake here. And we're, we're going over the top and, and it, it just worked out so beautifully. And then they came back to Kittle uh, who who uh, who who made a great play uh, to to score again? I think that was early in the third quarter, and he looked awesome. It, it was almost like, oh, George Kittle, he he's back. That's that's what that's the Kittle that we remember, the guy who, you know, was the their top receiver a, a couple of years ago, before Debo came in, and uh, he looked tremendous today. Uh, and you know, a lot of this is 
you kind of wonder sometimes i wonder like you know for the, these plays are designed so well by shanahan and is it about the quarterback's decision making did shanahan scheme these guys open so the court you know the quarterback doesn't even really have to make a great throw that's just it's just there and it's just wide open how much of this is Kittle running the route? Like, I'm sure it's it's all part of it. But, uh, you know, who do you give the kudos to? I guess you give it to everybody. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a team sport and everybody, it's it's so connected in that way. But uh, th- those two passes uh, to Kittle were, were just game changers. They were game breakers. Uh, it was great to see Kittle make plays like that again because uh, that was that was our guy, you know, two years ago, three years ago. He... He was the the main receiving threat for the 49ers. So it was great to see him uh, play so well today. And, uh, you know, second, second, there's going to be all of these stats, you know, second uh, start in his career, you know, who's who has these fantastic second starts. Purdy was not asked to do a ton here. Purdy only threw 26 times. And he was... Six, 17 of 26 and uh, 217 yards, 8.3 uh, average and two interceptions. He took one sack. Uh, he escaped from a couple others and, and made plays, uh, you know, not, not, not plays that, that really matter, just non-negative plays and did his job. Like he, like, it was almost like, Okay, coach, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to hit open receivers. Uh, I don't want you to turn the ball over, and I want you to make good decisions. And this is literally what he did. Uh, we saw jo- Juwan Jennings made a couple catches. McCaffrey had six catches. Not 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 too much yardage-wise, but he was in the mix. Um, Ayuk only had two. There was a long Tyler Croft catch on, on a play action. And even Ray Ray McLeod made a catch and uh, got to uh, and, and created a great first down. So I think Rod is back here, and you're you're ready to go. So I just finished talking about Purdy and and his second start. So why don't we focus on this defense? Defense gives up 13 points and less than 300 yards to a Seattle Sea Seahawks offense. That is higher scoring than the 49ers offense. So this is not an offense that is, you know, is average or, or bad. Like they're they're a good offense. And they pressured Gino into throwing before he wanted to, uh, into having to look over his shoulder at, at every possible time, except for when uh Hufunga kind of snuck in there on his blind side and crushed him. But uh what did you think about this defense today? Yeah, they uh, <clears throat> it kind of went the way I expected it to. The um, Seattle, their whole thing is running the ball and then taking shots. Um, and I just had I had a feeling that um, it was going to be tough sledding for them um, running versus us. And then once you get them in a situation where you know it's just kind of drop back and chuck it um especially with the way mooney was playing it they it's a problem they so and then when when you compound the fact that um 
you know, they had that Ferrari package out there for a lot of the game. Um, <clears throat> it was just, it was like, um, it was just um, the worst case scenario for um, Gino and the, and the Hawks. Um, so yeah, it, the, the defense played great. Um, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was really, it was really awesome. I, I, I put in the group at one point, it's been a long time since we've had a shadow cornerback one somebody who could just kind of lock up with the, the other team's best guy and just follow him all over the field that was that was fun to watch there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all one of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. And talk about Lockett and Metcalf. You know, they're they're big time players. They both caught seven balls. Lockett for 68 yards, Metcalf for 55 yards. So these guys were not able to get down the field. Gino was not able to hit those big throws, like you said. And the 49ers just, I mean, that that's about as good as you can play those guys. Uh, because they're they're such good players, and you know Mooney Ward being physical, not letting, uh, y- you know, not not letting him bully him, which is kind of his game, right? He bullies DBs. He's so much bigger, DJ uh, DK Metcalf. He's so much bigger than other DBs. He can just literally stand there and just stand tall, and as long as that DB is behind him, he, you know he can make catches. And they he he got. He had as much physical as he deals out. Mooney gave him that much back, and he didn't like it. That you saw, he got he the the all, fifteen yarder. Yeah, all in his head. It yeah. was it was beautiful to watch because, like you say, he 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 bullied the bully. Yeah, he bullied the bully, and um, DK clearly doesn't like it. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. And and his ability to do that, as well as the 49ers' ability to make Geno probably, you know, he, he had to throw a lot before he really wanted to throw, so nothing was able yeah. to develop. And so you see the, those numbers like that. You know, I think D, I think uh, Geno's uh, yards uh, average 
uh, per attempt was like 5.4 or something like that. So they held, they held them in and they sacked them, you know, sacked them three times. So good. It was just, it's overall just a really, really good job on the defense. Like you even look at the stats. It's not like Bosa like dominated the stat sheet, except he was on Gino's tail the entire game. Now he had one sack uh, that they took away from him, which was called a uh, what? Uh, it, it was a, it was a um, un- unnecessary roughness penalty, essentially. And Matt Barrows had a great tweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna find this for for us here. Matt Barrows, uh, the 49ers beat writer said that uh oh gosh where is it no i lost it oh shame on bosa for not laying the quarterback down in a goose feather bed <laughs> like like i mean that was that was a horrible call he didn't i mean he didn't drive him down he he didn't even really put all of his weight <clears throat> on him as he was as he was bringing him down he, he let the, him he let up he the, let i mean up. the thing that happened is he hit Gino into his own offensive lineman. So I think that caused Gino to fall weird, but that wasn't because of Bosa. That was just because of the, the player who was right there. So yeah, yeah it was, it was great. It, it, it was great. And then, you know, I think Bosa, because he's around the quarterback so much, you know, he's going to get that. He had another sack today. So I think he's got 15 and a half. And I think he's clearly in the lead for defense player of the year at this point. I think so. I think so. I, you know, it, it doesn't go over well as 49er fans, but I, I try to be objective and Micah is a monster. Yeah. I mean, that dude, he can play a DN, he can play middle linebacker, he can play outside linebacker. This dude even has slot snaps this year. Um, so, I mean, he is, he's like the perfect weapon, but um, just for what Nick does, you know, for the defense, you know, again, I don't watch. I, I I don't. I think I watched the um Thanksgiving game. I watched the Cowboys, but you know, I don't really watch them um play very much. So I don't. I, I can't really speak on how Micah impacts what they do defensively. Um. I, so basically, I'm just basing my evaluation of him on the things I've seen on highlights and what I see in the stats. And he's great, but um, I think. Nick is, you know, he's, he's really, he's just this, this season, especially he has um, kind of really, I'm not going to say taking his game to another level. Cause that's cliche because he's been good all along, but he, he's really been excellent this year. So I'm going to give you one stat that I think sort of explains the dominance here and the 49ers in their 14th game, every other team except for Seattle has 13, right? So the 49ers have an extra game. They have still given up the least amount of points to the other team. Yeah. The, the next team in line would be your Buffalo Bills. And uh, and that's with one game that the Buffalo Bills have to play this week to make it uh, the same amount of games. So that's what we're talking about, really, just like, you know, an, an all-timer. Now, you've seen some really good 49er defenses of the past. Mm-hmm. Even some who were so good, yet because the offense was dominating, they, they were kind of 
overshadowed a little bit. Like that 1984 defense was mm-hmm. was overshadowed. But going back to uh, the um, the Super Bowl year, the you know those couple of years there with with how intense that defense was, and then the last Super Bowl in 19, 2019, that team, that defense really uh really carried that 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 team. So, you know, that that those are some really good defenses to stack up against. And football has changed. This is not 1984. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. th- those those defenses aren't really comparable. And I'm not right. even sure how comparable the 2012 13 teams are to to the game because the game is still is still changing and and leaning mm-hmm. so much heavier on the offense. But I think this defense is better than 2019. Oh yeah. I think I think so for sure. I think so for sure. Um, with the emergence of you know, just at every level, I I believe personally that we've got um, we've got an all pro in Nick for sure, a very good player in Armstead. I don't know that he's an all pro, but he's very good. I believe both um, Greenlaw and um, Warner are all pros. You can make a case for Mooney definitely being an all-pro alternate. I don't know if he's first or second team, but um, his stats have lined up with just about the best in, you know, top five throughout the season. Um, And then, again, you can make a case for Hufanga as an all-pro. So, I mean, it's it's a defense that's littered with top-shelf players. and yeah, so yeah, I, I I would put them up definitely with um nineteen, and that's probably as far as you can go in terms of apples to apples comparison. Because yeah. yeah. like you say, even going back to twelve thirteen, th- this league is more so again like it's never been more like eleven on eleven yeah. than it is right now. Yeah, so um, yeah, so the the defense you know is with all the disadvantages that the defense has this defense still finds a way to be dominant both in the run and, in, you know, it's going to happen. You're, you're going to have hiccups, you know, when, when teams are throwing it as much as they do, but um, we're dominant in all facets of the game and can play however you want it, however you want to play it, they can play and dominate wherever you want the game to go. Um, I'm that's why I I as I look at the NFC for sure a couple of those teams over there in the AFC are they're a problem yep. but um when I look at the NFC there's there's I confidently say that if we're healthy and Brock can just maintain what he's doing and not you know get into a turnover streak or anything like that or lose confidence there's no team in the NFC that I'm that I'm scared to to face you know, none of them. the Eagles, right. any of them, none of them. We're going to take a, a, a comment and, and I'll talk about this comment from, uh, from Moo Cow 1980 here in a second. But I want to say one more thing about the defense. Our guy, Dre Greenlaw, another eight tackles, another two passes defended mm-hmm. and caused the fumble uh, early Kill in shot. the game. And man, just, you know, you mentioned him as far as being all pro, but again, overshadowed a little bit by the, the man, uh, Fred Warner there. 
and you know on the um on the other end uh, uh you know of bosa's uh, greatness you know so so he's kind of making his name i think you know he he's uh earlier this year he he had to pull back on on some instincts there to to not get penalized and he's done a great mm-hmm. job there but he's he is making plays and that like when you talk about we we talk about sort of you know the points they've given up the yards that they've given up but to be able to create those turnovers is really where you're helping the offense and with a young quarterback and with a, a team that was losing or did not have its top receiver, those type of plays with the fumble recoveries uh, and such th- to give your team the short field there near the end of the first half, they got a little bit of a gift so that they could put that ball in the end zone. And then, and then we got the, we got the score uh, on the kickoff as well. Uh, so that, that was really great. And Andre has, is becoming that guy for them. The guy who's creating the turnover or who's, you know, for whatever reason, finds the hands and the ball in his hands, and he's able to make those plays. Where sometimes guys just drop those balls; they they don't yeah. take advantage of those opportunities. Sure. Okay, so from uh, from Mukau, he said, when Purdy was allowed to control that play, he's talking about the uh, third and two, I think, near the end of the game, and uh-huh. make the decision to run and slide with the ball in front of him. That's the plot advancing moment in his origin story. And I think this goes back to what we talked about last week, which is he came into this league with four years of college football underneath his belt. And so he's seen a third and two or a third and one so many times, you know, against high level competition. And he, he looked like he wasn't bothered one bit by by that type of moment and he just did the right thing did the smart thing i'm sure he did it pretty much exactly how shanahan wanted him to that i i think kirk kirk Street said on that uh that f- I, it was a weird set because i think he was going one way and then cmc was going the other way mm-hmm. and then he he pulled all the way back over and the line or, or the defensive back if he was going to go with cmc then Brock was going to run. But if mm-hmm. he didn't go with CMC, then he was just going to throw it over the top. So it was a perfect play. Mm-hmm. Brock just had to make the right decision. He made the right decision and they got the first down. And that was, that was pretty much ball game there. But uh, talk it about, is... talk about just his, his ability to not shy away from that moment. It's wonderful to be able to see <clears throat> Kyle, to be able to dust off some of that RPO stuff that, um, you saw in camp with with Trey running the show that you know there was a whole I'm sure there was a whole RPO package in place to be able to to make plays like that and you know early on in the season that was what people were complaining about with Trey was that you know and as Kyle said a lot of those plays where Trey was running the ball there were it was a it was a run pass option and he mm-hmm. took the run option Mm-hmm. But it's wonderful to have, you know, like, like Kurt said, you know, he says he loves Jimmy and that's great, but Jimmy doesn't make that play. No, <laughs> they don't call Jimmy that. Does, play. They don't call they don't, they that don't call play for Jimmy with Jimmy as quarterback, you know, so having a kid with his, you know, I mean, he, he's not Lamar Jackson, but, but he can move. Yeah. And to your point, 
the decision making. He he he's very very poised, and and no none of these moments seem too big for him. He didn't seem to get shook when you know he had a a little spell there where he had three or four passes in a row that were pretty yeah. bad, but he didn't seem to be shook by it, and he kept coming out there and making plays. I you know. I love, I love, you know, they say moxie and I had to look that up because I've heard it. (laughs) I didn't know what it meant, but he, you know, he's got that. He is, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. And it is, there's no question that, you know, 46 starts in college, you know, play to that, you know, he's seen a bunch of situations and he's, you know, been in a lot of different situations and he just, he knows what to do. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Rick is on the is in the chat. Uh, Rick, uh, our buddy Rick, uh, he, he loved uh, Purdy's looked the part, shown a lot of poise. And Rick also mentioned the the roughing the passer penalty that negated the 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 pick six. Yeah, it was it was BS. <laughs> it was yeah. It was a bad it was a bad call. Okay, so um, one more note here that I, that I want to talk about. Now that they've wrapped up the West. Last week we were talking about possibly getting up to that second spot so you get all the home games except for if uh, Philadelphia, you have to play Philadelphia. Yet the Niners also have this issue with injuries. Thankfully for for Debo, it looks like maybe he could get back by the last game or so. But at that point, I don't even know why you'd want him to be unless it was some sort of must-win game. I can't imagine uh, winning the West, you're in any sort of must-win games at this point. Uh, so, what do you think they do? Do they, you know, d- does CMC uh, next week? D- does he get another uh, 26 carries? That was, you know, that was pretty high. I thought I thought Mason was going to get more. He got the one at the end where he almost scored, but I thought we were going to see like a little bit more of a split, like a like a 2010 kind of split, or, or maybe like an 18. 12 kind of split, but it was all CMC until pretty much near the end of the game. Um, but also, you know, we, you got a little dinged up quarterback, right? Like he's, he, he had the oblique injury and, and Shanahan said after the game, they were going to play it until he couldn't play. And Josh Johnson was ready. Like he was ready to come in that game. So what are your thoughts? How, how do you play these last three games of the season? I know my opinion is one that is not popular, but again, it's just based on my experience in football and watching football. I've never seen a circumstance where, especially in single elimination situations where in your playoffs in a single simulation where you take two or three weeks off and then just think you're going to show up, um, in the playoffs playing your best football football has is always seemed to me to be a sport that what you're trying to do in that last quarter of the season is to be peaking in the playoffs and the only way you can be playing your best football um going into the playoffs is to play football you you, you're not going to do that sitting a bunch of guys out now how you play it might be different if you, if in a game like this i think i thought this game was different because it's a championship game yep they need, um, they wanted to wrap it up you you got you go out you you're not pulling guys when it, when you're in a, a clinching situation 
that it's just that doesn't make any sense but now you know especially with some of these games like the raiders and the cardinals and you know i think washington is going to be a a a different can of worms because they are fighting for a playoff spot so you know that i i expect them to come in and be ready to um ready to roll but i was I guess that was Aikman on the um, whatever that the last the Cardinal game would you know that was Cardinal against uh, the Patriots. Yeah, whoever that was, whoever was calling it, Aikman and I Buck. had never Aikman and Buck, Aikman said, and I had never really thought about it, but it's got to suck to be like the Cardinals and be like four and nine, and you still got a whole month of football to play. That's got to be awful those you know, hits hurt a lot more when these <laughs> games don't really count for you what do you i mean you know, what are you playing for I mean, you know other than pride i mean you know so yeah that sucks so i think teams like the cardinals and the raiders those should you know the raiders are a little different because i don't know what it's like now if you're in vegas but when they were here that was always kind of a thing it wasn't like a rivalry because they were more like the nail and we were the hammer but you know, I know for fans at least, we used to get hype about playing each other. Um, so I don't know what that'll be, but they're out of it. Um, so maybe in those games you can and again, somebody else me, I think it was Olsen two weeks ago mentioned that the thing about like sitting guys is with only forty six guys active there's always gonna be starters out there because you just, you know, physically don't have enough players. Yeah to sit everybody. So, you know, I, I, while I don't think you like shut it down completely, I think you try to be smart about um, controlling the game. And then once the game was under control, you know, trying to give guys rest and getting other guys out there and getting young guys out there. I I don't know. I'm I'm weird in the things that I think about, but I think about like I don't know if he's just not healthy. These are I don't know if it's a healthy scratch or he's not healthy, but a guy like TDP, it's got to suck for him to see yeah. JP yeah. getting this run and getting his opportunity and either not getting his or or being unable to get his. But I would like to see guys like that get run. I'm loving seeing Ray Ray get involved so a guy like danny gray if kyle um danes him worthy it would be good to see him get some run you know so we're trying to win games and you're trying to again do the things you need to do to be peaking going into the playoffs but you want to try to be smart um if you can if you can get brock out of there and give josh johnson some run do that um there, yeah, there's there's a great example of what you're saying. And I think I have the, the correct team and, and exactly what happened. Uh, one of the best Colts years, I think they started the season 14 and zero. And then they took their, their, uh, their foot off the gas pedal in the last two games. They lost those two games. And then they went on to lose this, to this, uh, to new Orleans, I believe in, in the super bowl. So, it makes a lot of sense in what you're saying because you only get like this isn't basketball. There's not 82 games to sort of get some sort of chemistry and and to run, get the plays and to get the guys playing on the same page. And in the NBA, 
guys probably think there's probably 20 extra games in the regular season that 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 are unnecessary. But in football, there's so few in comparison. And with the injury situation, you almost never have your full squad there to to where you know everybody's healthy and everyone's in. So you're 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 constantly sort of you know think about the the 49ers defensive line. You know, they're running all of these these uh cool little little plays where you know the three guys lined up on the left side and the guy in the middle goes to the right and and Bosa goes in the middle and like you know just creating this chaos like doing it with all these different sets of defensive linemen I'm sure takes a lot of repetition to to get that stuff right. So I agree with you. Um they face uh the Commanders, the Raiders and then the Cardinals. Now Week 17 against the Cardinals, you get there, and there's going to be no Kyler Murray. Like you said, what Troy said, they're, they're, they're not playing for anything, but, you know, sort of, I guess, pride to, to that end. Uh, and, and maybe that's a game where you go, okay, you know, we're not just going to tank the game, but, you know, maybe maybe we, we don't throw our best stuff out there. Um, like or, maybe, or, maybe, or maybe you do, and maybe you try some stuff, right? Maybe <clears throat> you, you, you experiment with a few things here and there. So, but I agree with you. I don't. I don't think that they should look at the the rest of this regular season as, oh, we don't. You know, we're just trying to get healthy here. Sometimes when you're trying to get healthy is when you actually get hurt too. Uh, so, the uh, I, I think I think they will go with uh, you know with what brung them to to the dance there because they're just a physical team and you take that away from them and they probably don't play as well. And I, I just want to add one more thing. I heard Kyle Long say that um, that you know. In reality, <clears throat> it takes after the season, it takes four to six weeks for you to get to where you're feeling anywhere healthy. And he was, was talking about in terms of resting guys that a week or two, I mean, doesn't really, you know, these guys are banged up and nobody's going to be healthy going into the playoffs. And to think that a week off, even at bye, it was his contention that the home game means more than the time off because coaches, he said for sure coaches would prefer guys to be playing as opposed to off because it's a tricky thing when like we're talking about with um, getting out of the rhythm of playing in a single elimination situation, you know, in most cases, top seeds are playing teams that have been playing what amount to playoff games for the past two or three weeks in terms of getting in the playoffs. So those dudes are sharp and they're ready to play. And if you're taking time off, you know, there's a chance that in a 60 minute game, you come out flat and all of a sudden you're down 14 and then what, you know? So again, it's, it's just best to try to be, you know, on a ascent going into those playoffs, I think. All right, couple things from the uh, the press conference after the game. Uh, Mooney Ward did pass the concussion test, and I think they mentioned this on the broadcast, but they kept him out of the game. Kyle said, I didn't feel totally right about it. I didn't think he should go back in, but he did pass the concussion test. Um, that doesn't mean that he didn't have a concussion because sometimes right. that stuff shows up later, but that's why he wasn't in the game. And then this one, this was was a good one. Christian McCaffrey has has a nickname for for Jordan Mason. He calls him Mariano Rivera, aka nice. the closer. 
<laughs> that's nice well like so it. let me ask you one question what do yep. you i i i addressed it in the group you're jordan mason you're mm-hmm. a rookie we all know the proper thing to do in that circumstance at the end of the game is to slide yeah there's no way i slide i'm trying to take that <laughs> to the house I'm, I'm trying to get my first nfl touchdown i you know i know it's the it's a bad play and it's a selfish play but um, that's the play I'm making. How about you? If if you're Emmett Smith and you scored 200 touchdowns, it's really easy to do that, right? To take the knee <laughs> exactly. at the end. Uh, as a young when guy, one, yeah, especially as a young guy, because you know what, this guy, if he is a, a great, if he becomes a really good running back, he's probably not on the 49ers, right? In, in two or three years, he's probably somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And when you're a a running back, the way that this league chews up and spits out running backs, you got to get your money early. And so that touchdown could be worth, could have been worth, you know, a little bit of money for him as he grows his career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would like to know what Kyle thought <laughs> or, or what the running backs coach um, thought about that, because, I, I like, I think, you know, us sitting on the couch, we're like, oh, if he just stays in bounds, then the clock keeps going. And so I was thinking like, oh, you know, I don't mind him trying for the score. I just want him to stay in bounds. And then he went for that corner, that pylon, and he, did, he didn't get there. He ran out of gas a little bit. I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, we can, we can Monday morning quarterback this because he, he didn't turn it over, right? Like the worst thing is he fumbles and – uh, or, or or something happens on the next play, and then you sort of blame it on him. Now that right. didn't happen, so we can look at it in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I was kind of rooting for him to score. Yeah. Uh, I just for wanted sure. him to stay in bounds. That's the only thing I wanted. And I think you're right. Uh, I, you're definitely right. I don't I don't think you're right. I know you're right that there's a coaching point there. But I would have been excited if I'm a coach. I would have been I would have been juiced for that dude to. to to go for it and to get the touchdown if he had gotten it, I, you know, and then, you know, maybe in the meeting you say that, you know, the, you know, remind him that the proper play is to get down there inbound and stay in bounds. But um, it's hard to, like you say, for running backs, the way this league chews them up and spit them out, you get your money as soon as you can and you take your opportunities when they yeah. come um, because you just, you just never know. You never know. I mean that if he scores, that's on his game film that his agent is telling people in three years, right? That's a it's a it's a highlight package for for him. Um, all right, so last couple things here. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, next the next game. So because they're on Thursday, they have uh, like nine or ten days off, and they play the Commanders on Christmas Eve. Uh, so that is a uh, is Christmas Eve a, is that a Saturday? Saturday? Is it a Saturday game? Niners play on a Saturday here. Uh, Yes, it is a Saturday game. Okay. Uh, So I'm actually happy about that because my Warriors play on Christmas. So I want to watch both of them. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Steph Curry's hurt. Doesn't look like he's playing that game. So that bums me out. But um, the like you said earlier, the Commanders. uh, I think they play the Giants this weekend, and both teams are seven and five. They're sort of eyeballing. Uh, a possible uh, a wild card scenario um, right now, as it stands, 
the Commanders are in the sixth slot, and the Giants are in the seventh slot. And uh, it looks like, uh, I think if the Commanders win, they would win the tiebreaker based on uh, winning percentage in division games. So th- it is paramount that they win this game. And if they lose this game, uh, then it becomes sort of must win against the 49ers on Saturday. Not really must win because tons of things can happen, but mm-hmm. then they would actually, you know, be with, with Seattle kind of sneaking up on them in that uh, for that seventh spot. So uh, really, it's going to be a big game for Washington, no matter what I think. And uh, they're good. Like they're not a fantastic team, but, but they're competitive team. Uh, you're talking about, um, where's my schedule here? I mean, uh, my standings here. Uh, so you're, you're talking about a, a team that does not score a lot of points, but they also don't give up a lot of points. Uh, and, and so that's really been how they've been able to hang in these games that they just play these like really slow, low scoring games. And they've been able to pull them out seven, five and one. I don't I don't think that they are uh, a world beater in any way. I think Seattle uh, is is probably on par or maybe even a little bit better than they are, but uh, they are going to be a hungry team. So the Niners are not going to be able to just uh, roll out the football here. I don't think. Mm-mm. But, you know, you know, when I watch the commandos, they are a, uh, they're like a poor man's us. They, um they try to do a lot of the same things. They don't, they clearly don't have as much talent as we do, but you know, they they are a, you know, Ron Rivera is going to roll out there a competent outfit. So mm-hmm. we have to come out. We're not going to be able to go out there and just, you know, slap it, slap around and just, you know, play sloppy football. We're going to have to come out there ready to play. And if we've got any kind of hangover going on, you know, they'll come, they'll kick our ass. So it's, um, it's going to be, this is, this is going to be a, yet another test. And <clears throat> This is the type of test you want to see. Again, when I talk about being ready for the playoffs, you don't want to have any kind of slip-ups on a, against a team like this at this time of year. You don't have any that stuff that was going on with Chicago and Denver, you know, rearing its ugly head at this in December. You, you just that's not what you want to see. So I hope we, you know, hopefully we come out there, get to play some good football. Um <laughs> Purdy and Heineke, <laughs> a hell of a matchup. Um, and and I mean, I've had I've been having conversations all week about it, and it's it's you know, I'm not you know I love I love Brock, and I'm ro- I'm rolling with Brock, but you know, people with this QB one stuff, I'm telling you, <laughs> dudes like this don't get to be QB one. Um, they brought Kyle Allen in last year, he. Did Kyle thing shit the bed got hurt? Brock Purdy took over, gave them a um, you know, led them to a respectable season. What do they do? They go out and trade for oh boy, um, Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Purdy, I mean, <laughs> they're the same guy. Um, Tyler Heineke is leading them, he's probably gonna lead them to the playoffs. And you know what's gonna happen at the at the end of this year? They're gonna be in on Jimmy, they're gonna be on Derek Carr, they're gonna be in on Teddy Bridgewater. Front offices and coaches don't look at these try-hard guys as faces of the franchise nine-figure players. That's just what it is. Here's the other thing, right? Is Purdy is 
got to be the lowest paid quarterback in the NFL today. And so starting for sure. (laughs) So there, there is a, a monetary decision in the NFL here where Trey Lance in another two years, is it two years where he's going to be up for a free agent deal? Because well, well, they they have to well they have to make a decision on him after next season, year four. They have to make a right. decision on whether or not they're going to extend him, and then so two years before, you know, then they, you know the franchise comes in and all that. But they have to make a decision on whether or not they're going to give him the fifth year option. And and here's why here's why here's why I say that they're going to have to extend Bosa, right? For sure. Dre is going to come big up. Money. <laughs> Bosa is Bosa is going to get the biggest defensive lineman yeah, contract out there, sure. And so, there the the way that you could kind of keep the train rolling with the team that they have is to not pay your quarterback because historically the quarterback is the biggest money position. So if you take that out of it, and you you could theoretically keep this entire team together if your quarterback stays Brock Purdy for the next couple of years. Now, I don't think Shanahan's and Lynch want to play that game. I think they want to see Lance get his, you know, his, his full ability out there. Let's see what he can do. Let's use Purdy uh, as competition. Cause they're going to compete and, and let's see who, who comes out and win, who comes out and, and wins that. But, this is just how professional sports are. If Lance gets hurt again, or if he doesn't look good, or if they're losing games with him, that's something that they're going to think about when it comes to what they do with him monetarily, because his contract, as it gets higher, we saw this with Kaepernick, right? As his contract, when his contract gets higher, it takes away a little bit from the rest of the pie and the hope is, is that the quarterback play is so good, like an Aaron Rodgers who can eat up so much of that cap. Well, Aaron Rodgers is going to win you games on his own. So in some instances, it's worth it. The 49ers, they will lose some of that defensive identity just because guys will are going to be able to make money elsewhere because the Niners won't be able to afford him. That's the that's kind of the future outlook on stuff like this. And that's just in a, in a salary cap sport how you have to look at stuff. The NBA is, is exactly the same way. You know, with the Warriors, it's like, oh, yeah, Kaminga and Moody and these young guys, they exist on this team with all these giant contracts because those guys don't need giant contracts yet. And the second they need giant contracts, then you got to move around the the pieces to that pie to see how it fits and got to have to get rid of some guys. And that's just how salary cap sports work. Not everything is like baseball where it's like, hey, Aaron Judge, three hundred sixty million dollars. Hey, Carlos Correa. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just you can do that in baseball. You just can't do that in these other salary cap sports. Okay, um, last thing here. I saved it for the end. Who is your player of the game? I tried to do like you. I tried to be like you, and <laughs> so I so I have a first, second, third, um, and an honorable mention. Okay. My honorable mention is Demo, Demo Lenore. Ten tackles. Okay. Yeah, he played a really good tackles. game. Almost had, almost had a house call. Um, and I had Brock, 
Brock was my third place. Mm-hmm. Mooney Ward was my second place. And I've been dying to give George a player of the game. So that's who I went with. I went with George. I 100% agree with you. So much so that it made George a little graphic. Oh, nice. George, player of the game for me as well. I thought it, it was awesome. And, and I, I, I said this kind of in the intro while you were, you were uh, fixing uh, your, uh, your, your internet there. We talked about this last week, which is with Debo out, somebody else will get opportunities. And, you know, this year and even, even last year, it's not this the George of 2018 or 2019 when he was the the top receiver. No, because you have Debo and because you have CMC catching balls and Ayuk is stepping up. So George this year has only had a couple games where you're like, oh, that's the George that I remember. I was so happy to see this dude catch the ball and have the opportunity to run where dudes just aren't chopping his legs down, you know, and he had two opportunities to showcase how 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 big of a playmaker he really can be and some of that space was because of an absence of mm-hmm. Debo and he stepped into that mm-hmm. space and, and you you could tell Kyle uh he put that that pump fake screen fake screen thing in that was for George he was like we're getting this dude unlocked this guy's getting in the end zone on this play and it worked perfectly he does so much of the dirty work for us and yeah. um he like and, and he clearly has the ability. I mean, he got all that money because you know you talk about in eighteen nineteen he was playing the X. Yep, he is. He is a talented, talented dude who doesn't get nearly the targets he deserves in this offense, but it doesn't dissuade him from doing all the other things to help us win. Um, and so for me, I, I was just happy as hell to see him get some run today. hundred percent. So happy to see him uh, play well. Okay. So uh, Christmas Eve, are we going to, we going to be able to do this on Christmas Eve? I'm down, man. I'm here. If you're, if you're available, I'm available. I, I think that game, let me go back to their schedule. So that's a one o'clock game. So that'll end at four. We could go from four to five or, or whatever. I think I'm good because I, I won't have to go anywhere for Christmas probably until like an hour or, or a little bit later. So I think we could go. I think I'm we'll good. go. Uh, and like I said, for for the Facebook folks, sorry, I, 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 I'm not able to stream into Facebook right now. Um, it, it's an issue. And because of that, I, I am going to pull back a little bit on, on Facebook and focus a little bit more on YouTube. Um just because I don't know what I don't I don't still want to get locked out again is essentially right. essentially the reason. And you know, YouTube um is is really the video service uh that that we're trying to grow subscriber numbers for. So uh if you if you are on YouTube, um give us a, a, a little subscribe here. Um and you see if you're watching on video, you see the little the little note here. Uh, search for BSPN Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network on YouTube, and you can subscribe. And I've been putting a lot of uh, a lot of videos, little clips from our shows. I mentioned the the Brock Purdy clip from last week is doing really well. They have these things called YouTube Shorts. I put up one on Steph, and it it did really well. So we're we're playing around with more stuff on YouTube. So if you subscribe to that channel, you'll you'll get uh, notifications for a lot of that stuff that comes through. And if you miss a show, like if you miss this one that Rod and I did. 
I will have a clip of one of the segments that that I'll throw up there alongside the live stream. So uh, so we'll we'll have you covered there. But anyways, uh, thanks for checking us out here uh, on video, and f- if you are listening on the podcast feed. And thanks, Rod. Thanks for jumping on. I know our communication was a little limited this week, but uh, we we figured it out. And uh, hopefully, I'll get my Facebook account back, and 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 everything will be good. And also, oh, thanks sure. to uh, thanks to oh look who look who made a run in, oh, Shelvin. Nice. Uh, our guy Shelvin came in late, uh, and and yeah, Shelvin. Um, it, it it'll be on the pod. It'll be on the the YouTube page. Uh, and also, thanks to thanks to Moo Cow for hanging out. I know Moo Cow's been here before. Obviously, our guy Rick, he's uh, he's the stalwart of this group. So thanks to yeah, everybody. We for... missed you in the group chat and in, in the game chat, but I I, know. I set I... it up for you and good. Um, I'm, I'm in th- your, thank you for doing that in your in your absence. And we do you know how many times I went to my phone and was like, <laughs> oh no, that <laughs> there was one moment, and I think this is the joke is on me and Shelvin in this game. Robbie Gold misses only field goal. Oh no! And Shelvin and I weren't able to to do our thing with, with Robbie Gold, where Shelvin goes good as gold, and I go mm-hmm. Robbie Gold MVP because of those lone those, those lonesome years when he's like the best offensive scorer <laughs> on the team. So yeah, that was a bummer. But uh, hopefully, I'll be back soon. We'll we'll see. It's, it's up to Facebook yeah. to give me the give me the okay. All right, thanks guys. We'll talk to you soon. For Rod, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.